The views and opinions expressed on the Poor Ass Podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BME Recovery Content Productions. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. And on that note, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I have a new website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes. That's www.poraspodcast.com. So if you hear vcomedy.com, that is the old website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes and enjoy the show thanks for listening thanks for supporting bye welcome everyone welcome to uh, poor ass podcast the podcast where I interview actors, musicians, real people, comics. It's the anti-rags to riches podcast. And here I have a very dear friend in comedy, Kazu Kusano. From Woo-hoo! Yeah, hi. Yeah. She, she hi. just came back. She was in Canada uh, doing her one-woman yes. show, Pretty, Pretty Beast, which... Yes. One won the best, like the pick of the Vancouver Fringe, 20, 2019 Vancouver Fringe Festival. It also won best of the Fre- uh, best of the fest crazy woke Asian solo performance festival of 2019. You may catch her on her YouTube series Untidy with Marie Kondo. She plays it's a parody series where she plays Marie Kondo. Welcome to the podcast, Kazu. Wow, that was a great introduction of me. <laughs> Thank you so much. I felt like a very successful woman. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Thank you so much, Veronica, for having me. Um, yeah, it's been great. How are you? I've been. I haven't seen you for a long time. I know. I, I think it's been over. When? When? When did you move? Okay, for for the listeners, how I know. Kazu is we were both students at the San Francisco Comedy College doing exactly. comedy in the Bay Area. Yeah. And um, 2009, 2009. Two, was it 2009? 10. Okay, that was around yeah. like my last my last years because I st- I studied oh. with Curtis and company like uh, like 2006, 2006 to 2009, and then oh. and then I took a break. Was, oh. But I still met you. It was part of 2009 or 2010. Like, I took a break, and, uh-huh. and then I studied with Curtis again, doing one-on-one sessions, like, oh. around 2016. So, really? Um, yeah. By the way, Curtis, Curtis is, um, is the owner of the Comedy College. He is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis, what's up? 
<laughs> yeah. Hi, Curtis. If you're listening, we love you. Um, yeah, we love you. So how – I wish I got to, like, hung out with you more. It seems like such such a blur because when did you move, when did you move to L.A.? Oh. So I uh, I moved to LA from San Francisco in very the end of 2011, which means beginning of 2012. So it's been almost almost eight years. Wow! Oh God! I know. Oh my God! Time flies. Wow! I'd, talk about talk about your your uh-huh. comedy comedy journey like how how did you discover stand up and what brought you to California and eventually the comedy college oh so okay so um for people who don't know me i am japanese from japan <laughs> and then uh, so i moved to san francisco from japan long time ago um, haha, ha. I mean, in my thirties, actually, like, I was thirty something, and I, uh, mm. I, yeah, and I, I wanted to do comedy in the United States. I was very interested in doing, you know, improvisation and comedy of the United States. So, I mean, so I, I moved and I went to college, and I was interested in doing stand up as well. So I, you know, co- making making um, comedy materials are challenging, right? Like, yeah, it's difficult to to write funny materials. And I was doing a sketch comedy with my friends, and also I was doing clowning before I started doing stand up. So you I went to cl- you went to clown school. You went to clown school. No. No, I didn't go to clown school, nothing. I was doing improvisation back in Tokyo a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And after I moved to U.S., I did, you know, some acting musicals. And I did one show, clown musicals. Everybody was a clown. Was clown mm-hmm. And we did, it was a physical musical and in Brooklyn, you know. And that was so fun. And... You know, I went to audition and they were making some um, stuff. Um, it was great. And um, then, then I started doing sketch comedy with my friend, but that was so difficult. I mean, clown show was difficult to making funny materials. Mm-hmm. I realized, oh, this is this is difficult, you know. But uh, but I'm a funny person. Ha ha ha! Nobody say that. So I say that. <laughs> 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 So, so I thought, okay, I'm going to do stand-up comedy, you know, uh, to learn how to write uh, comedy in English. Mm. So then, then I met you. Yeah. So English is your second language. Yes, yes. I still have, yeah, accent, and my grammar is horrible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You have a hard time. It's so funny. Like I, do you have a do you have an iPhone or an Android? Maybe Android has it, but you know, uh, with Apple, uh-huh. with Apple, you could change your keyboard to the kanji uh-huh. and like, really? yeah, and start texting in Japanese. And I've done that, but I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm being offensive. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 
What are you typing? I don't Japanese? know. Like, just like, what do you mean? Like, you hi. Don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. oh. I like pie, or I like oranges, and it could be like something offensive. But I've, I've done, um, I, I've, done I've, I've cheated, and I've gone to Google Translate and like type mm-hmm. in what I want to say and just copy and paste, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'll type it, type it back on, on Facebook. And then, and then when you when you type in a foreign language, Facebook automatically does the translation. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I've done the test like like that, and it's pretty accurate. Sometimes it's not entirely entirely off. Oh, okay. So you're confident with your Japanese. <laughs> but send I don't speak it. Send me text. <laughs> I'll send you a text. It might okay. be offensive, but. Uh-oh. I'll be like, Uh-oh. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a warning. I'll give you a warning. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I, I, okay, I'm curious. Like, I'm curious about like what, uh huh. Because you you started out in Japan, in Japan. Like, what's what's yes. the hum, humor like generally in Japan? Is it more slapstick oh. or deadpan or oh. uh, like high, hmm. highbrow? What's hydro? Like uh, smart, uh, very smart, smart ah, comedy. It's not like mm, you know, dick, dick jokes or anything like that. It's like yeah. very, smart, very intellectual. Smart, yeah, smarty pants. Yeah, smart, smarty yeah. pants. <laughs> okay, so okay, Japan in Japan, the comedy is usually, you know, slapsticks. A lot of slapsticks and. Um, Hmm. I think it's. Mm, I know it's not. They don't do that much political stuff there, mm, and okay. it's just a generalization of like you know it's kind of general comedy. Like it, usually it's sketch comedy or um or uh, two people's you know um how do you say it? like straight man and funny one talking. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of like uh, self-deprecate, deprecate, deprecation. Oh yeah, self-deprecation is oh, okay. big. Yeah, but some people you know talk. I mean, talk shit about other people. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but uh, no, uh-huh. no. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. Um, oh, and so, also weird. I think they're probably a little weird to Americans. It's uh-huh. because Japanese have some. Uh, they have like. Uh, uh, we have a few more that you don't have to explain. You know, like uh, when it's visually funny, it's funny. But in America, you have to explain why it's funny. You know, but in oh. Japan. More like right. absurdity, you know. Absurdity mm-hmm. is very well uh, commonly accepted. And also, you know, we have a culture that is kind of like unspoken culture in my country. Mm-hmm. So if you say everything in my country, we think you are not that smart. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to guess. So that's like unspoken, very like a difficult culture in my country. And also we have, you know, guess majority, like we, we don't have a lot of diversity of race 
or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So, so our common sense is very, very well, how can I say, like uh, spread. So if you say one thing and you are supposed to know, do you understand? Like, um, so you don't have to really say it, but in America, because of freedom of speech, you have, you can, you have to state your opinion, you know, mm-hmm. strongly. So that's a big difference. Interesting. I, I Interesting. Yes. Have, have you gone to comedy shows, like stand-up comedy shows in Japan, where it's like a stand-up, like the comedians mm-hmm. are Japanese. The comedians are Japanese. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, but uh, actually, I, you know, because I watch TV comedy shows, Mm-hmm. Uh, so I probably, in, except improvisation comedy, so improv, because I used to do improv, except that I haven't really gone to live comedy show done by comedians in my country. And also, we, you know, nowadays stand-up comedy is becoming big in Asia, but when mm-hmm. I was there, well, we don't have a stand-up comedy, actually. But nowadays, like, you know, like these English speakers in Tokyo, they started doing stand-up comedy, like, maybe good 10 years ago. And uh, now it's becoming a little bit more popular. So some mm-hmm. Japanese, they do stand-up in English. Also, they started doing stand-up in, in Japanese. So oh. I, watched, I watched some YouTube thing, you know, YouTube video done by Japanese stand-up comedians in Tokyo in Japanese, but... I'm not sure if it, um, it, maybe it, it, it may be a little different because what Japanese people think funny is very different from here. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, but humor is saying like, you know, but something is a little different. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't really gone to see a comedy show in Tokyo, except I'm, I was in it, you know. I did stand up comedy last year in Tokyo, like, twice. It was in English for English speakers. Oh, right. How did that go? That was weird. (laughs) 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 Were were the expats were, like, English, in English-speaking audience, but they're from other other countries, like expats or uh, more like that? Yeah, it, it was, like, more like, you know, some Americans and a lot of British people from England. Oh, and right. some some people from Asia who they speak just you know English or you know all kind of different and some Japanese you know mm-hmm. but I think um, for Japanese who you know if you speak English but you're Japanese and living in Japan I mean me too I live here but I originally I grew up in Japan so it's difficult to understand um, jokes in English. Because cultural differences and some nuances are different, but in mm-hmm. Tokyo, those people who were visiting, you know, from foreign countries, I there were two people from San Francisco in the audience, and they were the people who were laughing at my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tokyo was interesting. I mean, they're good good comedians, but I felt like, are we? I mean, Tokyo's stand-up scene, I'm sorry I say this, but I felt like it's 20 years behind from America. But oh, topic-wise, right. topic-wise, it's a lot of stereotypes. And I'm like, really? Like, 
if you say this in San Francisco, nobody laughs anymore, but mm-hmm. they are still laughing out loud. So I felt it's a little... I mean, I did stand-up comedy in San Francisco and L.A., so maybe if I go to a little countryside in America, maybe it's the same thing, but I, I, you know what I mean? I don't know, mm-hmm. but Tokyo, I felt like, ah, it's like 20 or even 30 years behind from here. Wow. I, that's little, what I felt. Yeah, so maybe like a little behind on the times when it comes to the humor, but technology-wise, mm-hmm. they're pretty kicking ass, I guess, mm-hmm. with the technology. Yeah. <laughs> Just like busting out, oh, yeah. <laughs> just like wow, yeah. talking robots. <laughs> yeah, technology <laughs> and sex great. dolls. More sex oh, yeah, dolls. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you said sex toys? Sex dolls, like oh, robotic, dolls. robotic, really sex. I don't dolls know about that. That have real, really? like the feel of real human skin. You're like, yeah, it's oh, like a really? thing. Do you have one? I did not have one. <laughs> are they, are they, okay, are those robot, robots, are they women or men? They're, they've made women, they have uh-huh. women versions and man, male versions. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have the boy one... And you can have sex with this robot boy? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think that's the new version, the new really? um, yeah, boyfriend 2.0, like penis. It's like it like dildo, oh. dildo on steroids, like dildo, like, pl- like plus. And you could pro, like, I think they have it where you could program it and program it to tell oh. you nice things, give you compliments. Uh. <laughs> so basically, you are masturbating with your robot to tell you, yep. right? But you don't have to do it by yourself because robot no. does it. But you program what you like. You know, pro- ah. Yeah, your yeah, dream actually really come true. <laughs> <laughs> no, all your dreams come true. Yeah, dreams yeah. come true with my robot. Oh no, I didn't know. But yeah, Japan is very advanced society, though. Like. It's really convenient everywhere. Everything, you know, opens automatic, you know. The doors are open and automatic automatic doors and I don't know. It's train system. It's very great. Buses, people are polite and, yeah. I mean, I said like a 20 years behind, I only meant not Japanese comedy in Japan, Mm-hmm. I mean, stand-up comedy in English in Tokyo specific. So oh, oh, oh. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. So English, yeah. English comedy yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. sorry, for, yeah, but that's what I thought. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so you're in California. You're at the comedy college. You're learning comedy. Uh-huh. And then you move. And then you move to L.A., and yes. what what has been going on in the last the last eight years? There's you got the your one woman show and 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 the YouTube series. Like, how did that all come about? Well, so one woman show is the one thing that I 
wanted to do it before I started doing stand-up comedy. Okay. So I think you, yeah, I was very interested in doing a one-person show so because I watched some of like a, like a legend, like a freak from uh, John Leguizamo, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, John Leguizamo, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 His, his first one, I watched his take, like, I don't know, 12 years ago. My friend recommended and I watched Whoopi Goldberg. I was so fan of Whoopi Goldberg before mm-hmm. I moved to the United States. So I wanted to be like her, you know, like mm-hmm. a comedic actress with a cool kind of attitude and funny, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I watched some of one person show and I even went to see do you know um you, you mentioned Curtis. He uh he toured with this I don't remember the name. Do you know like he has a buddy, a guy, comedian? Yeah, the a, addicts addicts comedy addict. tour with uh, Mark exactly. London. Mark London. Mark Mark yeah. yeah. I went to see Mark's one man show before I started doing stand-up. It was a long time ago. Oh, my it God. Was like a, I know. It was probably like 2005 by myself. I wasn't probably doing comedy at all. Uh-huh. I mean, in the United States yet because I, you know, I just ra- randomly went to see his show because his show seemed interested, interesting. Mm-hmm. And also, it was a half price ticket. Okay. You got a half price ticket to see Mark London. Okay. Exactly. At the Marine Memorial Theater. Do you know? Yeah. San Francisco, right? Yes, yes. It's a nice big theater. Okay. And then I went to his show. It was one-man show about addiction. He was talking about, you know, drug addicted and something like that. Right, It was called addicted. I still remember. And I... You know, I didn't speak English that well at the time, and still I don't. But uh, So I didn't understand everything he said, of course, mm-hmm. but it, it, it impacted me so much. What is this? This is so interesting. <laughs> Funny and creepy and something very real and very serious, but somewhat funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought, I want to do it like this, you know. Wow. I never, I never thought I could be, you know, stand-up comedian like a headliner stand-up comedian, because the culture is very different. But I always wanted to do this one-person show, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. So, so my goal was to do one-woman show, and I, but also, so I, I told you that I wanted to be able to write my own comedy material. So I started doing stand-up. So, so in LA, I um, you know I kept doing kind of comedy and I did acting and everything I did, you know, I could, and I even did like a one hour show in mm-hmm. Australia and a college. I did sketch comedy show with my friends, but then finally, I like a year ago, I did a one hour show for college like college students, I did one in the United States. And I thought, well, I did well first 
like maybe 40 minutes and then after like last 15 minutes of it, I think they found out how old I was. So it was like a generation gap, I think. I don't know. So mm. anyway, I thought, I thought I wanted to do a little bit more deep thing than jokes to these people if I do one hour. Mm-hmm. So I decided to write, okay, it's time for me to write one one woman show. So I just did it this year. And then it's been great when I did this and it it was well received. People liked it, even though it's drama, half drama, half comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's about, yeah, it's, it's about my childhood and um, my crazy family and... Um, and sexism. So uh-huh. that was that was pretty beast, or was that another? Yeah, no, that was that's pretty, beast. pretty beast. That yeah. was pretty beast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pretty pretty beast was something that you've been working on for a, a while now, or like on on again, off again. You mean performing? Yeah, performing or it or or like mm-hmm. or like write like writing it. Like, what was the what was the or like. When did you oh, start older? writing writing pretty um, pretty beast? Okay. Well I think you maybe you may remember my first jokes I was doing like eleven years ago. But anyway, um so I started writing this material actually I think the same time I started doing sound up comedy. So it's been eleven okay. years. And I I just try to write some stuff um intensely studied like um past five years or something or six mm-hmm. or seven years. I'm sorry, my memory is vague. But basically, um I've been writing this show for like the past ten years and finally I just did it and um and I used one of my first some of my first jokes I've ever performed in San Francisco in this show. Mm. So isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't going to use these jokes, but I ended up using them. And right. it's, I, it's so it's interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, so I think when I finished this show, you know, making this show, I thought. Oh, I think I probably, I don't know how to say it, like, I did stand-up, I, I meant to do this show, you know, by doing this stand-up thing. I don't know, I mean, mm-hmm. it was so interesting. And I've been performing this show since, like, I made, I performed for the first time in March this year, because I made it this year, early this year. Mm-hmm. And I I took it to Vancouver Fringe in September, so and then I I won the pick of the Vancouver Fringe. It was great, and uh, it was sold out. So like I did nine shows and sold out seven shows. Wow! And yeah, it was great, and um, and then I got an additional show. So they gave me bigger room. So I did one more show and um um yes and but still it's improving like uh, i'm i'm gonna improve my show because i want to make it better mm-hmm. Yay! 
<laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. So how did um so pretty so pretty pretty beast. Pretty beast. Mm-hmm. Where where does the title come from? And I know you mentioned like I I, I looked at your website on and I read uh-huh. I read the um article uh, that uh-huh. you posted on on Facebook and it actually talks it goes into your upbringing, mm. your mother was schizophrenic and your father was mm. an alcoholic, which I could relate to mm. that. I, I grew up in an alcoholic home, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of trauma and drama associated with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and drink, drinking. <laughs> yeah, and drink. And, yeah. and I'm, as a person who, who is affected by alcoholism mm. and, fa- and family dysfunction, uh, and I, I feel very lucky that I dodged a bullet. That mm. you know, I I didn't develop like severe mental illness my mm. myself. Like I have it. Congratulations. Like, yeah, I have it. <laughs> you made like, it. <laughs> more like I, I got it. grazed by a bullet, but I'm I didn't I didn't mm. come out unscathed for for mm. sure. I still mm. you know like. Um, I know what helped me was, and you mentioned this too, uh, in as part of your show where um, you you found you found laughter as a way to process the pain, like the pain, and yeah, and you know, not a lot of people, well, not a lot of people. I mean, like generally speaking, it's hard to even find the funny. Um, mm. Because I know, it's like with my with my issue, I tend to be like addicted to to being in pain. Like focus on the drama, yeah. resentment, and mm. blame. They did this. They they did that, and just focus on yeah. the hurt. Where I yeah, it's like like to even conceptualize that this could be funny is like mm. like 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 not not it's not even possible but I, I i i'm able to find a the funny in a in a dark spot it may not take mm. it may not be as quick but i could eventually mm. find it and that's what really i didn't know what pretty beast was about until i went to your website and started looking at it and like oh my mm. god and then i saw the trailer mm. like oh my god and how uh, and then you take it to like vancouver so i kind of i kind of want to know your process of like you know, how did you find how did you find the funny to put on this to put on this show? Um, were you a funny kid when you were a child? Me? Uh huh. I'm sorry, I, I'm asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I was. I mean, I you definitely, were? I definitely wasn't the class clown, like high school oh. class clown. I was very quiet. I had three friends, and uh-huh. I three didn't start. Friends. I mean, I could count how many friends so I, I had. Okay. I was not, I was not popular at all. So um, you were more like observing. You were more like a teenager who observed. Like yeah, I, I got, I got yeah. a little bit involved, but not a lot. I mean, like my, my activities were more like yearbook computer club mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think i did math club i don't know why i ended up in some club <laughs> but like, oh, I would like enjoy didn't that do too. didn't do cheerleading never did anything like that um 
Like, I audition. I remember auditioning for the high school play. I was nervous out of my mind, did not get the part, but I was like, I got involved with crew. I was prompter. I helped, I helped the actors with, with their lines. It wasn't until, like, cool. like after uh, college. And it wasn't mm. actually, I got, I got into recovery myself in mm. 2005. Um, there's, mm. there's, there's, and there's actually recovery support for friends and family being mm. affected by alcoholism. So I, I was doing that. Mm. And so I got into recovery mm. in 2005. Um, I started mm. doing stand up in 2006 and that, and that mm. my first experience with stand up was the comedy college. So that was my very first exposure. But even before that I was going to, I was going to like open mics and just like watching and, oh, and cool. going going to Rooster Teeth Feathers and watch, watching the show showcase mm. um, cases mm. there, and mm. um, yeah, it's like something that I really wanted okay. to do. But like, how did you like? How did you find, yeah, find the funny? My people? case. Yeah, your case. Like, how did you find the funny? In my your case. Pain? I think was, I think a lot of comedians, uh, in my opinion, they had really troubled childhood in. Anyway, like they were lonely, or they had dysfunctional family, or they had big trauma, or something impacted them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was, I was, I was class clown, the one. <laughs> so you were the class I mean, clown. I was, yeah, I was that class clown, and in Japan, <laughs> I'm, I'm quieter in America because my, I have a, you know, language barrier. Um, so you were class clown. Yes, yes. I was and you're, class and you're more, you're more quiet in America because of the language barrier, but um, yeah, you know, in your natural so I, environment. Yeah, you're a lot and, more. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm from, because I understand everything. What okay. You know, people talk about and I can, you know, I, yeah. So basically, so my mom was schizophrenic and my dad was, um, he was a sailor, not marine, but he was um, working for a cargo ship. Mm-hmm. So he was away from home all the time, you know. So we had a really hard time and my mom was, you know, schizophrenic, so she, you know, she was abusive and um, and she was she gets crazy. She got crazy and my mm-hmm. grandmother was around so they took care of us. Growing up up was very difficult. So you said, you know, this like some um so I have siblings, like two siblings, like mm-hmm. brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And whenever any crazy things happen at my house. You know, if if it happens, if crazy things happen every day, you get used to it as a child. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and so, but, you know, pain is still pain, you know, mm-hmm. like a physical pain or mm-hmm. emotionally difficult. That mm-hmm. We can feel it, you know. But so we started, like, making fun of it. And every time, you know, something happened to my me or mom or my sister or my brother, you know, we started like uh, making fun of, oh, this is my mom, said, this is mom. So we started impersonating my mom and it was sad, but uh, because we had people, you know, and look at this, and my mom say this and that, and this is my dad, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's how we, it was, 
you know, difficult. But I had, I had, you know, two siblings to make fun of it. And um, and when I go to school, then and my family told me that I had something like unspoken rule that I couldn't talk about my my mom or my house, you know, what happening in my home. Mm-hmm. So when I, I, I talk about this in my show, but basically I talk about, you know, but kids talk about their family all the time and they ask, hey, what about you? And I just didn't tell them that my mother was ill, but mm-hmm. something that I just picked up some parts that I can say. Mm-hmm. Even like my mom gets some crazy and say something weird. I just mm-hmm. say it, and then, but I didn't say the 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 part that you know my mom was ill or something or like abused me or something. I just didn't say those serious parts, and they laughed so much. And my friends, everybody believed that my family was so fun. Mm. <laughs> it's weird, you know. And one one of the girls said when I was I was eleven, they said she said she was like a kinda like a, you know, well educated, you know, you know, she had well educated parents and she was always clean and nice and you know. And she said to me, I, I envy you Kazoo. I wish I was born to your family. I was like, I still remember that, you know. So I, I wasn't lying, but I was just, that's the way I survived in society, right? Like in yeah. the community. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I grew up, I was funny, but then, then like, so I, my this is everything that I talk about in my show, mm-hmm. that I was, I'm a girl, and at the time in my country, like, the poverty still, like a girl has to be girly. Like not like funny or loud or nasty, saying nasty things like mm-hmm. you know in mm-hmm. public. Like I yeah. make jokes when I was a teenager out loud, you know. Yeah. And then I became you know adult, and I was still funny at the party. Like I was sexy, pretty, but I was so funny. And then like guys are like, oh my god, you! I thought, you know, they they thought. They liked they liked me, but when I started talking, they were like, "Oh my God, what is this?" You know. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, oh. that was all my life in in Japan. I know. I mean, so. So I talk about about this in my show, and uh, what was the question? Well, your question was like, how? Like how do yeah, so, how do you find how do you find the funny? How, how do you Coming from trauma, how are you finding the funny, and how is it channeled in in pretty pretty beast? And um, do you talk about do you talk about your husband in pretty beast, or is this a primarily you, grow, you oh, growing up? I talk about my marriage just a little bit, a little bit. Okay, and, but the, this show is about my childhood and also how you know my adulthood in my country, like mm-hmm. in, before I moved to the United States, and this is how I moved to America, you know, mm-hmm. and I became a stand-up comedian, so I grew up as a funny girl because my family was dysfunctional, 
Right. And, you know, as I said, like, when, you know, misery happens, you know, when you're a kid, and I think it's also partially it's personality. I'm very optimistic, but also I have a very serious part. And so whenever horrible things happen, but also humans have sense of humor, right? Like mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. So when disaster happens, when something really bad happens in society, but we still say something funny, like, you know, like, like oh, someone was killed or, like, a genocide happened, but then dad, my dad farted, and it was so stinky at the dinner table. I don't know, something like... <laughs> so when we were talking about serious stuff, but we are still also... I don't know, we can... We can have a, a sense of humor. So I think also like sense of humor, like making everything funny, was something that I learned when I was a kid, and it was escape. I think Par- partially it was escape, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm so scared to to face some real serious problem. I think because. So when some serious things happen, like I start laughing still. Like when my husband cries, he cries when when we fight. He's Mm. so sweet. He cries and I laugh. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. It's crazy. For me, it's funny. He's a man and he's crying like, like, like he has sweet, he's a very sweet person. But for me, I understand he's sweet, but it's also somewhat funny, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm evil, but <laughs> I even evil. like start laughing when I am crying about my problem. Yeah. Uh, and I start like a, you know, crying and then upset, and then I have eyes that seeing myself doing it from somewhere, and then that's kind of funny. At this moment, it's crazy, and I just start laughing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered you, but <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I oh my god, yeah, laughter and humor is is uh, you know, some people say healing is escape, or it's it's uh, what do you say, um, defense mechanism? Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Are people yeah. are people coming up to you after uh, you know when you started performing Pretty Beast and people are coming up to you after the show? What's what's the response has has been? What has the response response been? Oh, so usually people. Uh, oh, well, there are two different kinds of audience that they want to talk to me. Women. Women, you know, oh yeah, women and also people who grew up like me, like who has family members, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. who is mentally ill, like oh my mother is schizophrenic or my brother is something or, you know, my ex-boyfriend's mother was mentally ill, like those people. Talk mm-hmm. to me, and they can relate to my story a mm-hmm. lot. And so, and then they start talking about themselves, like, "Oh, I had this and that." 
And I think it's great. Usually, like, I mean, still in America probably too, but, you know, we feel like we can't talk about mental illness, like, freely. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, um, like, like not everybody says, hi, how are you? Yeah, my, 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 my mom is mentally ill. Nobody says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think the, con- like, you know when, when people ask you, like, how are you? And you're like, fine, but you're not really fine. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like that with people, I'm like that with people who are close, like, close to me, like my close, like, I'm like that with strangers, like, for strangers, I'll say, like, yeah, I'm fine, but when it comes to, like, close, close people, I'm, uh-huh. I'm still, like, walled up, like, maybe it's, like, a, yeah. such a reflex, it's such, like, a hard-coded reflex, like, I'm fine, just push it down, power through, yeah. and yeah. when really, it's, like, I, I would love to see more affordable, or, or free, just free, mm-hmm. free, public services for hmm. mental mental health yeah. like a check-in so. it's yeah. getting it's getting and crazy out there yeah so myself i have never been diagnosed as mentally ill mm-hmm. but i have emotional ups and downs and i am traumatized and you know i've been therapy you know and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes yeah, i'm really emotionally difficult to deal with myself because I have strong low self-esteem and mm-hmm. because of, you know, that, my how I grew up. So anyway, so I feel like, so when I do my show, people come to me and they talk about their, you know, how this mental illness affected their family or themselves and usually, you know, they have family members and I think it's healthy for people to feel that they can talk about that. It's nothing, nothing is wrong. Like when you, it's not like, it's not like I'm making fun of my mom or I'm, I'm not really criticizing my mom. Yeah. But, but it's just a happen and it was, it's, it's a, it's a fact and this happens and this, when it happens, like you should talk about and, you know, um, I think if it, it becomes more open, like, then we can help each other, right, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, yeah, I think those two, like, women and people who have mentally, you know, the family member who is mentally ill, they, they, I think they like my show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to see it. I, when, cause I saw you're going to be performing again November 9th yeah. and, but that's in LA. Are you, are you LA, looking yeah. to come? Like I live in, I live in Oregon now. I, I, we were texting uh, previously yeah. and I, I moved, I moved up here last, last year. So I'm in Portland, uh-huh. Oregon now. I would love to go to Portland and doing this show if, you know, if I can, if people are interested in. Because I'm, I'm thinking about touring, but I have to figure out how I can do it. So I want to perform this show more, but I also want to improve it, so I'm working mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. But it's, 
Yeah. Because, um, I don't know. This show is interesting. I never, I mean, my stand-up is okay. I can, I'm funny, but I never felt by doing stand-up, like, I mean, when I talk about my mom in my jokes, sometimes I joke about my mother. I don't do that all the time because it's, it's kind of serious topic, so people are like, you know, stand-up comedy environment. Sometimes I feel like I shouldn't talk about this, and that's not good, you know. I, mm-hmm. I should feel like I can talk about this anytime I want because it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. So, but this show, I can do whatever I want because it's theater, and my audience comes to see my show because they know about this topic, and they were interested in it. Yeah. So I'm willing to share my story with people who are interested in, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm finding that too. I've been doing, I, I dabbled, I've been dabbling in recovery, like writing jokes, writing jokes, mm. being affected by the alcoholic mm. home. Mm. And my, and there's no comedians. I don't know. Do you remember Barbara Garber? Oh, God, I'm butchering her last name. Barbara Garber. Yeah. She passed away. Yeah, she passed away of ALS. So you do remember her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I, yeah she, she was the only comedian that I knew that, that shared my same experience of being affected by the alcoholic you know, the disease of alcoholism, family, family disease of alcoholism. And at the time she was an active comedian and I have in my recovery circles, I have run into people who like used to do it, but they weren't, they weren't active and that didn't help me, but it was really nice having Barbara as a fellow, mm-hmm. as a fellow comedian, like a fellow standup, you know, when you're talking, when you were talking about, you know, building a community, like, you know, building a support structure, you know, you're, mm-hmm. when you're healing through this trauma, I, I don't know about you, but in my experience, you don't do it alone. You, you need a support system. You need a community. Sometimes you just need more than like a person mm-hmm. coming up to you after the show saying like, I relate, but it's like, yeah. you know, more, more, Definitely. like more so. And so I felt that I felt that with Barbara yeah. for sure. And then she died. And like, since then I haven't, I mean, I, it took me a while to find other um, uh, years after, not years, mm-hmm. uh, like five years or five, six, seven years to find other comedians, stand-up comics who were making jokes about their alcoholic upbringing, and they're all, they're all in L.A. Mm-hmm. I, ran in, I, I, I did, was able to connect with them, but they're all in L.A., I haven't found any in 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 Portland, um, but it's 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 hard and but it's so it's so important it's so it's so important to like find others who who want to laugh with you and like um has has anyone been like has anyone like walked out of your show because they were just so offended and just took it took it personally? Because that's been my experience. Oh, which, I'm like that wasn't even oh. about you, <laughs> and then they suddenly want to oh. make it about you. Oh, about them, uh, about them. 
Yeah, uh, I, because my sh- my show is one woman show. It, mm-hmm. It's not a. I don't do this show at the stand up comedy show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's a little bit different because theater show. I mean, I assume you do your materials at the stand up comedy show, right? Yeah. So I I don't I mean, I mean stand up comedy you can talk about any topic I believe. But sometimes they were there to just laugh and like they don't. Sometimes they don't want to hear about serious topic. I think. But when you do, when I but my show is theater, so I think they know what my topic is about, so they are ready to hear some mm-hmm. something, something like I told you know some very serious stuff. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, really you, you give them a heads up, yeah. right? I mean, like your whole show yeah. like gives them a heads up, a heads up with stand up comedy. Like I've done this in a stand up. I've actually went out of my way to create. Last mm-hmm. year when I moved, I created sober show, like a like created like a do it yourself mm-hmm. space for people mm-hmm. in recovery to showcase their their art. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. we're on hiatus now, but yeah, I came across. I came across like newly sober um, mm. talent, newly sober talent that they have mm. talent, but the traditional venues, the bars, the clubs, mm. um, yeah, it was it was too much for them. Like that's not my problem. That's that's not my problem. Like or or my my trigger, but it was it was an issue for them. And then when I created sober show. It's a sober a sober venue environment. Like even with the audience, I don't. It's not um, non alcohol um, event because um, even the audience they, they were looking for sober spaces to have some entertainment. Oh, and I had yeah. talent who wanted this like either are in sobriety looking for sobriety or 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 whatnot, and they found they discovered a sober space so they could do do their talent so it's just like kind of creating creating the for me it was like creating space creating space for people to freely express themselves without mm-hmm. judge like the, my tagline my tagline for sober show is leave your triggers at the door <laughs> <laughs> I love it so yeah Triggered mm-hmm. in your show, and they left. Is that what you mean? What was that? There's some. Is it a person was triggered in your show, and they she or he left, like your show. Um, audience, right? Somewhat, yeah. They got very. I was at a conf. I was at a conference, and I did a. I did a joke about cutting, like self self harm cutting. Mm. Oh my god. And um, it, oh. was, it was it was more yeah I mean it was funny when I wrote it and this was my first time telling the joke with this with the audience and um, it was it totally bombed it totally I think some people laugh but I just remember silence I'm like okay oh, I'm gonna go on I'm go- uh, yeah but they were so angry like. It was like a, a weekend thing, and like the next morning, everyone was just mad. I, I talk about it in earlier in earlier ep- mm-hmm. in episodes, but it it it, mm-hmm. it I 
like, this was maybe three years ago, and looking back at it, it's like, I don't, I, I'm not sorry for the joke, because I believe in it, I believe that mm. it had a chance, I believe mm. it had a, had a chance, and um, I believe it had a chance, and also, and also the audience would never thought to consider that cutting could be funny, because some of them were active cutters, and some of them got the oh joke. God. Like some of them were active cutters and really appreciated the joke, even though like some were like, oh, they didn't think it was funny, but like they understood mm. where, where I was coming from. And mm. no one has ever thought to like, you know, make fun of cutting or no one has mm. thought to like, you know, do an imp- impression of your razor blade. Like what would your razor blade say to you? Like no one would even like, no one considered, but that's like a Tuesday for me. But no mm. one like, but most of the mo- most of the people, the audience people have, they themselves don't really go to comedy clubs. They themselves don't really go to open mics. And I'm, mm. you know, I'm, you know, when you say a joke for the first the first time, yeah, um, it's like the silence was all the feedback that I that I needed. But what happened after was just like, like. A hor- like horrible, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a typical, you know, stand up comedy show like mm. like setting. But mm. you know, do you do you find you know do you find like when you're 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 making pretty beast better, like like uh-huh. um, you know you're making it you're making it better. You're gonna show it again. So, mm. um, like you know the person like anyone who's gonna be offended offended over, you know, controversial material, especially, like, we're the ones who have the experience. Like, we wouldn't be joking mm. about it. We wouldn't, I wouldn't mm. joke about cutting if I didn't have experience. Like, I never used, mm. like, physical blades, but I did a mm. lot of self-bad mm. talk. Like, I put, my, I put myself down, all, mm. like, a, lots of times. Yeah. Like, like, you yeah. know, I, I don't need other people to put me down. I, I got it, you yeah. know. Yeah. And you it took me like, good. yeah, I do that yeah. myself. That's self. That's <laughs> I like. That's emotional cutting. That's mo- uh-huh. emotional self cutting. It, it may I may not be using a razor blade, but I'm using like an invisible, invisible mm. razor blade. It's still the same. It's still mm. it's it's still harm. But I wouldn't mm. be making these jokes if I didn't have experience. So this is what's so. I mean, I find this topic of like. You know, you're you're finding the funny in some very, very, very painful stuff where some someone mm. might not even consider finding it funny, or there's still too much in the pain, and maybe suddenly our audience are like, you know, they're so desperate to find some joy and and laughter, and here comes Kazu with her mm. pretty beast one woman show, mm. like, hey, this is what happened, like, <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, it's yeah, so, so, it's hard. It, it, yeah, it, it it is difficult. It is um, because this is because we are making it comedy. Mm-hmm. So if it was like a drama, I mean, you don't have to make people laugh. So you know, it could be all tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but you, it's comedy. So for me, I you know I had. In my show, I I don't, you know, because this is just a one-hour show, so I can't talk about everything I have. And I 
Well, even like my mom being schizophrenic, maybe some people would think that I am making fun of it, but I'm not because I love her. And I don't really, I just excluded some of like, you know, like very difficult events that I had with my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, because this show has another theme of like sexism mm-hmm. with this. You know, girl being funny was a problem. That that is a whole thing. And mm-hmm. then why I became funny is because my family was this, and that's I could think of. You know, and yeah. but and so also I don't talk about like I mean I talk about some stuff, but not talk about like let's say my my mother tried to kill me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about this in this show because it didn't fit in this show. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't talk about everything. Like maybe the worst thing happened than I talk about in this show. So that's why I'm saying I'm still improving my show and I don't know how much I can talk about these things. But the, it's a show, so, you know, um, yeah. m- my... So some people would say... Oh, you said your dad is alcoholic, but my dad was alcoholic, and and it was your thing is nothing, you know. Like mm-hmm. it was, you are not talking about the real stuff. You you understand, like so. But I'm talking about my point of view, and this is how I created comedy. So, well, I know it's difficult to talk about some stuff but uh, so um, uh, to answer your question I'm not uh, nobody has ever left my show yet mm-hmm. <laughs> and they came up to me after a show how much they were offended I haven't had this yet you know that's good so yeah so because I don't know maybe because I I, I don't know so Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but I think you can talk about anything, even as long as you don't promote cutting yourself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, if you talk about cut, 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 cutting yourself, and because that's your, you're struggling, right? That's your, and so. Yeah, my obs. I'm my my ob my observation, and the cutting the cutting yeah. joke wasn't wasn't about it wasn't about a, a a specific individual. Like here's like like I think I think the act of cutting is just ridiculous. Like it's like what we do to cope with our trauma. Like I think it's it's ridiculous, and I find it and it is ridiculous. And so just finding the ridiculousness of 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 the act of cutting, but it would be, it would be like my line, like my moral compass is like, if it, if I was making fun of someone specific, like specifically they're cutting, like that's, to me, that's, that's mean. They yeah. didn't see it. They didn't see it that way. I just thought like, oh, you're making fun of jokes. You're mean. You have cutting jokes. You're mean. It's like, oh, uh, oh. no, <laughs> but I mean, another thing, okay, you said something that brought in my, about your mom almost like trying to kill you as a kid, mm. and that's like, I can't even like fathom, 
fathom that. But it's like I think what I want to talk about that is just like, okay, you have Pretty Beast and the subject matter that you're talking about. How do you know? And this is something that I'm not like struggling with, but just like walking along with it. But how, how do you know you have enough enough space, like enough emotional space where you are able to find the funny and you found the funny and you're, and you're writing material for it and now you're able to ex- express it and, and say the funny without, you know, every time instead of like, you know, in the early, early stages where like if you even mentioned it, you're, you're in the fetal position or you just burst into tears or you just like, you know, just cave, cave in. Like how, like how do you know? Like how do you know you're ready to talk, to talk about it? Uh, talk about it. Well, I, I don't talk about my mom trying to kill me. So, <laughs> but basically, some any topic I think I, I I can talk about is that am I maybe like something that I overcame? You know, the topic mm-hmm. something that I overcame and. Mm-hmm. I think I can openly talk about it in public, and then I can make it funny. But uh, uh, my uh, again, my show is not all funny. You know, there are drama too. So yeah, I didn't yeah. make everything funny because that's why I did this show. I didn't want to make everything funny. You know, I'm tired of comedians saying, "Oh, my mom is crazy. My dad is crazy. She says this. He's weird. Blah blah blah." And mm-hmm. I always think, no, she's not crazy. She's not weird. She has some mental problem. That's it. And then they don't talk about that. And I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it, you know? Mm. So, you yeah, want to get to the beat. Yeah, because that's why we, I mean, yeah, so it seems like, oh, kids making fun of their parenting. Mm-hmm. Weird. But mm-hmm. it's not just weird. They have a problem and you don't talk about that. And mm. I know it's so hard. It's difficult. Because some people would be offended, or it's not funny at all. So, mm-hmm. and I couldn't make everything. I mean, couldn't joke make jokes about everything. You know, my mom being schizophrenic, it's very difficult for me to make as a material. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but if I focus on what was my struggle, not like my mom being just mentally ill. And that's where you can probably find something funny. Mm. But I think that, that I learned by doing this show, like because I don't really make make joke about my, my mom being mentally ill in the show. Some people laugh at something that I'm not expecting that they laugh. Like when I say my mom is schizophrenic, some people laugh in the audience. And yeah. I'm sure that these people, these people who laugh, they probably have someone uh, who has mental illness. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, these people, like like their loved ones, so they know it's funny to them. Do you understand? Like mm-hmm. when so, and then, but some people are offended. Why it's funny? Why some people laugh when you said my mom, my your mother is. Schizophrenic. Yeah, it's not my fault. They laugh, and I didn't make fun of it at all. But they laugh because probably their loved ones 
has some mental illness and it, 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 it has been difficult for them, maybe. That's yeah. why they laugh. I would laugh, too, because it's difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. And they would feel that they are not alone. That's why they laugh. And then they don't hear about this in public that often, so it's funny to them. So it's all like a, how do you say, like, subjective? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it is very. It is very yeah. subjective. You just never know what's yeah. gonna what's gonna hit. Like that, that's the fun part about it. Yeah. Um, so, if you talk about something very niche, like a specific topic, I think you don't have to make everyone laugh. You 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 found your audience. You understand, like, like. So, my show is not for everyone. I won't someone, you know, my audience to come, like, who want to share, like, their life with me, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so, exactly, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. You're, people yeah. know exactly, exactly what yeah. you're getting, I think that's really, like, that's how you build, build an audience. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's hard to, you know, to deal with sometimes, like, problems, like, I mean, just the person is being ill, but you, you, your, your family, you have to deal with it, and it's, it's challenging, you know. And if you don't have a sense of humor, you just being sad all your life, you know. <laughs> and isn't mm. it sad? <laughs> oh. You know, like, so we are not making fun of those, you know, like us schizophrenic people, but as a family member, it's challenging, and so it's like a support member, you know, family support, you know, like, mm-hmm. but, you know, but you love your family, so you've got to deal with it, but sometimes you have to laugh at your challenge, I think, that's what we want. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm answering your question, but... No, you are. Yeah. Uh, I want to. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to talk so, about well, well, before yeah. before oh, we wrap sorry, up. I, I want to yeah, talk a yeah, little I bit about to, untidy. Oh, untidy. Okay, untidy. Yay, untidy. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, a you know proof of uh, tidying up in on a Netflix show. Um, so I didn't write it. Like uh, I, my friend asked me said to me, like, uh, their friends are making this proof of tidying up, and they were looking for Japanese girl who can act like Maria Kondo. So they were interested in seeing me, and I just <laughs> self-tape, and they loved it. So they just got me, and we just, we did filming. And then I was really, everything was very fun in that project. Oh, I saw yeah, I, I saw the so episodes. Good. It's so funny. Probably it's like complete, not complete opposite of Pretty Bees. I, mean, I, I I've only seen the trailer, but the tone. I mean, you're, you're kind of dealing with the same, not quite the same subject matter, but the subject of dysfunction. Like here, you, exactly. you're, you're kind of like yeah. caught in the middle. This stranger yeah. caught in the middle of like yeah. this couple's dysfunctional relationship, where it's not even yeah. about not even about the dirty dishes or they didn't put the towels away like the relationship is yeah. toxic and you know, trying to yeah. get get some outside 
outside person to like help with a tight end, like, oh no, you need like marriage counseling or breakup. <laughs> right, right. So we're already, you know, falling apart, you know. Mm-hmm. So their 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 relationship is not, you know, like already at the end or something. So it doesn't oh, yeah. can marry a help them or not. And then their theme is, their concept is there's something that the Maria can't fix. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing and then I get it of course, you know, it's a TV show. I, 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 I'm tidy also, so I you know, I believe in something that, you know, when you clean up your room, it's a feng shui, right? Like yeah. you get the good energy. I strongly believe in it. But, yeah. Life is not all about that. So, <laughs> you know. oh, God. Yeah. So that that, that I like. I love Untidy Show. It's so funny and great, and I'm so glad that they chose me. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. you are perfect. You are perfect really? in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, like. I, it's not like it's more. It's more than like you don't. It's like you look like her, but it's not like you look like her. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's like you convey, you convey the character like so, so well. Like, uh, like not to not to spoil, but you come, you come like so. You come across so innocent and like I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help this couple be tidy and you just walk into like a nuclear reactor of just dysfunction <laughs> right. and chaos <laughs> yeah. and, and, right. and you and you just being you and like I think it's like I don't know it's probably a cultural thing like airing our dirty laundry like in Japanese culture like you don't really I don't no, know we do. oh you do we or you don't oh yes we do Oh, they okay. Have people who is messy or who lives with garbage. We do. We have these people too. Okay. Yeah. But do yeah. you talk? Do you talk about it like pub, like public fighting? Is it like public fighting? You know, in the in the street or or just like in public or like the bickering, the public bickering. Or like when you're wow. in your in your own home, in your own home, and there's guests, and you fight in front of the guests. Is is that like a cultural thing in Japanese culture, or case by case? Uh, you mean so we we try to be tidy in when we are in public, like everybody does. Yeah. But when you go home, and you never know what what you will see. You know, like I have a friend, like they are girls, and they look so tidy and clean. Mm-hmm. But when I visited their room, it was chaos. Like, even dresser was, how do you say it? Like, not standing, but, but like just laying down on the floor and everything was on the floor and there was no floor <laughs> that I can't I there, could see. Like there was no floor? There was stuff. no floor. No floor. It was like <laughs> an ocean of like books and clothes and cosmetics and like and I, what is this girl? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so but the outside they all look clean. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So so because our culture, you know, 
you know, force you to be tidy when you are in public. So mm-hmm. when you are messy, they would hate you, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, okay, the big difference between United States and Japan is, like, when you go to, like, school, like, let's say public school, elementary school, you are age six. And then in my country, they learn, they learn there is a 20 minutes or 15 minutes every day that all school teachers and students clean the school. Classroom, oh. bathroom, even bathroom. We oh, all, wow. like, we have a group every day. Our ground everywhere, like cleaning okay. pool even. Wow. Every day we have like 15 minutes of cleaning time. So mm. that's how in the public elementary school, I don't know, I didn't go to private school, so I don't know what it's like to go to, you know, to be in private mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. But so, and in the United States, you don't do that, right? Like cleaning is something that the cleaning people do, right? Yeah, yeah. we have janitors Japan, yeah. for, for in that. In Japan, you learn. I did it like a nine years in my school life, first school life. Oh, wow. Like, so we learn, that's how we learn, well, we have to clean, we have to be tidy in a public space especially. Mm-hmm. And we should work with other people to clean up. So that's mm-hmm. how we grew up. So we are trained to be tidy in public. You understand? Mm. If you are messy in public, you bother other people and you know other people have to clean up. Of course we are not perfect. There are some people who do that. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. when, when I was drunk or something, like when I was young, I just you know, was messed up somewhere. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, we know we are trying to clean up like school. So we that's that's how we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. All right. All right. So when you go to Japan, please remember that and don't mess up, please. Okay. I I promise yeah. not to litter. Yeah. Please. Please. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that right. that comes towards the end of our okay. of our time together. Went by so quickly. Um. Do you have anything to plug? Oh. Um. So I am doing my one-woman show in Los Angeles on November 9th, Saturday. It's at the Fanatic Salon on the west side of L.A. And uh, if you go to my website, kazuksan.com, you can find, uh, you know, a ticket link and then what the show is about. So please go to my website. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And I'll, I'll put your website up on on my my website so people could okay. find you and um, you could follow you could go to my website vcomedy.com that's v e e c o m e d y dot com and my twitter instagram and youtube are all on my website so you could go there vcomedy.com Thank you again, with, uh, Kazu. Thank you so much for being oh, on the podcast. Thank you, and keep yeah, speaking. Call me, call me in Portland, please. Yeah, 
Yeah, come to Portland and keep speaking your true your truth and congratulations on uh, Pretty Beast. I'm excited for oh, you. So much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you have a good one. You too. Bye, bye guys. Bye, bye listeners. <laughs>